guys, it's great to be with you. Settle in, um, because I'm going to be speaking for the next little while. Um, I'm going to jump right in. Right at the beginning of lockdown, so forever ago, um, some friends and I, we, we decided to read through the New Testament in 40 days. and uh, We wanted to, to read together and also to be accountable uh, as we were separated. And it was amazing, but because we were reading like massive chunks a day, you definitely couldn't get behind with that one. It meant that like certain themes and, and repetition, things were just jumping out to me that hadn't before. And um, I got really sort of um, obsessed with this little phrase, stand firm. And it's a little phrase which you can find right throughout the New Testament. And Paul actually uses it in almost all of his letters. Okay, here's some examples. In Galatians then, he says, Stand firm. Do not let yourself be burdened. In 1 Corinthians, be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm in the Lord. 2 Thessalonians, stand firm. Hold on to the teachings we've passed on to you. In Ephesians, stand your ground. After you've done everything, stand, stand firm then. And uh, as I said, it, it crops up other places in the New Testament, but also actually it does appear in the, in the Old Testament as well. But it's these two little words, stand firm, that God has impressed on my heart over and over again in these last few months. You know, in the midst of the chaos, the confusion, the uncertainty, stand firm. In the midst of the disappointment, stand firm. On the days where things just seem unbearable, stand firm. When you're frustrated, stand firm. On a great day when you're just loving life, and on the days when maybe you're not, and there's been a lot of those, stand firm. And as I was preparing this, I felt like really a strong sense from the Lord that this isn't just a message that that God is wanting to talk to me about, but he's wanting to speak to us about it as a family, as a church. Trent Vineyard, as we consider today, as we look to the future, as we look to the coming months, whatever our situation is, maybe more now than ever, stand firm as individuals and as a family. So we're going to be looking at that today. And to stand firm, of course, the first thing you've got to do, right, is get your foundations right. And um, I found this out the hard way. A few years back, I was running late for a meeting, and... um, Cutting a long story short, I thought um, I, I decided to ditch the path, and I thought if I go over the hill, it's going to be quicker. Uh, it was actually a bit of a mound, but um, what you need to know is it had been snowing. So it had been snowing, and um, I looked at it and I thought, lovely, glorious foundation, it looks beautiful, deep, crunchy snow. So I thought I'll go that way. So I made my way, and as soon as I started walking up this hill mound thing, I realised very quickly the foundation was not as it looked. Okay, underneath there was basically a millimetre of snow as it often is, underneath that there was just mud, 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 not hard mud, but soft, wet mud, and basically you know where this is going, I get to the top, and I just stack it, I fall down, and I'm covered in mud, my face is covered, arms covered, legs covered, and I'm just like, great, look around, thankfully, nobody I know is watching, so I get back up, you know what happens? I fall down again. Honestly, second time down. This time I've got the double portion of the mud. So I'm on, on the ground and I'm just thinking, I don't know how this is going to resolve. So I'm weighing up my options and I choose the wisest one. I crawl down the hill. I crawl along the grass. I get back to my car. I sit on a Tesco bag for life. And I never made that meeting. And uh, <laughs> I hope you find that story funny. A bit embarrassing. But... Um, To stand firm, you've got to be standing on a firm foundation. So when it comes to your faith, guys, what does your foundation look like? 
what does your foundation look like? Because Jesus talked about foundations. And he talked about it in one of his well-known parables. Uh, Lots of you will know. If you don't know what a parable is, it's a story, made-up story Jesus used to illustrate a kingdom truth. And so this parable we're looking at today, it's Matthew 7, verse 24. We're going to get to it in a minute. But the parable comes right at the end of this like mega sermon, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus has been teaching in these pages, and he's saying, this is what the character of a community that pursues Jesus should look like, that's pursuing the kingdom should look like. And so he's about to sort of finish the sermon. It's like the drop the mic moment. He's about to walk off, and then he sums it up. He says, everything I've been teaching you guys, this is how you apply it to your lives. Here we go. Therefore... Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against that house. But yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Because the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. You know, I love that story. Um, Lots of us will know it. I spent perhaps a number of years at Sunday school singing, the rain came down and the floods went whoosh. Thankfully, it wasn't on the worship set today. Thank you, Bernie and Phil. But it's memorable. It's a memorable parable. It's well known. But you know what? It's got a profound point. Because Jesus is saying, he's saying, guys, there's a way to stand firm. He's saying, be like the wise builder. Because a house built on the rock will stand firm. Not just on a subtropical day like we've been experiencing this week, but on, in the most horrendous storm, even if that storm is called 2020. You know, today many of us are facing all sorts of insecurities, uh, not insecurities, well, we probably are as well, but uncertainties. You know, jobs, finances, health, education, maybe not for us, but for our loved ones or for us as well. It's such a challenging time for so many of us. And if you're anything like me, every time this sound comes up on your phone, yeah, literally, you're like, what's going on now? Like, what is it now? Is anything else going to go wrong this year? Your heart sinks. You know, it's a hard time for so many. But now more than ever, guys, we need firm foundations. You know, we've finally figured it out. We don't have all the answers. We're not in control. We don't know necessarily what the future looks like. But I believe that the Lord will say to us, in the midst of it all, now is not a time for our faith to to dwindle or to collapse. Now is the time for us to stand firm in our faith, to continue to stand firm, some to start building in a firm place for the first time, to stand on the rock, stand on something that is actually stormproof. So how do we do it? How do we do it as individuals? How do we do it together? Well, back to this parable, it actually offers some some pretty good advice because if you think about the story, back to it, you've got the wise man building on the rock, you've got the foolish man building on the sand. And the difference is this. The foolish guy, he hears the teachings of Jesus and he just does his own thing. He, He wanders off, he ignores them. But the wise man, the guy who ends up building on the rock, he hears the teachings of Jesus and he puts them into practice. So if we want to be followers of Jesus who who stand firm, 
then we've got to have our foundations on the rock. But we've got to not just hear the teachings of Jesus, not just hear podcasts, hear talks, hear things, but put them into practice in our lives. And so I guess that asks the question is, well, what are the teachings of Jesus? How do I, how do I start? Well, that sermon has some good tips in there. Because as I said earlier, the parable is like the climax of the story. So chapters 5 to 7, you've got loads of Jesus' teaching in there. I just want to highlight some of them to you. Matthew 5, 16. Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. What does it look like to stand firm on that teaching? You know, what does it look like? You know, as, as COVID has gone on for many, many months, in some ways, for many of us, our worlds, they've shrunk. We've become focused maybe in our households, in our bubbles. But actually, what does it look like in creative ways for us to let our light shine? Matthew 5, 44 says, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. This one's challenging. I mean, to be honest, loads of us are finding it hard enough to love the people we live with, let alone love our enemies. But standing firm on this teaching means pushing into love. Pushing into loving those who who we do find harder to love. Asking for patience. Asking God for his heart, for his people. It moves on. It talks about prayer. Matthew 6, you should read it later. It's brilliant. It says, but when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your Father in heaven who is unseen. You know, standing firm on on this teaching means asking the question, What does my prayer life look like? You know, the Bible teaches us to to go to God as our father, to go to him as a father. He's not this distant being. He's a father. He's a God who, who knows you, who loves you, who's there for you, to approach him as a father, Abba, Father. Pushing into this means we've got to prioritize our devotional time. Matthew 6, 20 says, Don't store up treasures on earth, but store them up in heaven, where moths... And vermin do not destroy. Just as a side, I hate moths. I'm really scared of them. But this is a big one, isn't it? Because it goes on to say, you, you can't serve God and money. You can't serve both of them. So how do we stand firm in this season when maybe for some of us our finances look a little, little bit wobbly? Where our jobs look a little bit insecure? We might be thinking, well, I can't afford to be generous because I need to, to assure things for the future. Well, Jesus' teaching teaches us to be a generous people. How can we stand firm on generosity in this season? Last one I want to point out, Matthew 6, 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's a challenging one, right? How do we stand firm on that teaching? Well, I think it's easier said than done, but we practice not worrying. We practice it. You know, we spend time in his presence. We, we read this book and we stand firm on the truth that, that we serve a God, the rock of ages. We serve a God who said, I'll never leave or forsake you. We stand on a God who holds everything in his hands and we continue and we get better at passing on our burdens over to him. You know, I wish I had time to, to read more of these out. But Jesus I'm convinced of this. Jesus is calling us to a wholehearted and all-in, a surrendered kind of discipleship. And so if we want to stand firm, if we want to live a life where the storm comes, that we will remain standing, we need to take this stuff seriously when it's convenient and when it's not. And uh, 
I'm speaking to myself as much as anybody today because I'm challenged by this stuff, you know, and I've been asking myself, will I stand firm? Will I stand firm in this season? Am I building my life on rock or am I building it on sand? Because sometimes I think actually it can look like we're building on firm foundations, but actually it could be sand. Have you thought about this, you know, a house that's built on rock and a house that's built on sand, they look exactly the same until the one that's built on sand starts to collapse. You know, everything can look good from the outside. You know, we're here at church, I'm here at church, saying the right things, doing the right things, putting a little Bible verse on Instagram. I even remembered to call grandma and be nice to my neighbours. But what about when everything is stripped away? What about when we can't meet together here on a Sunday, when we can't meet physically in our small groups? Who are we? Who am I? behind closed doors? Where is my treasure? What does my heart look like? Am I seeking first God's kingdom in every area of my life? And if I'm not, why? Why not? Because Jesus is saying, he's saying, if you build on him, if you build on his firm foundation, that's the only way that you can stand firm. And so I've been asking those questions, you might have been too, but I mean really asking them because You know, whilst I'm clearly not 100% nailing it on every single angle, my heart is postured to not just be a Christian who, who hears the words of Jesus, who hears the teaching, who comes to church, who does the right things, but actually lives it out, puts them into practice. You know, everyone loves that phrase, practice makes perfect. I prefer the phrase, practice makes permanent. Okay, that's a new one for you. I didn't make it up, but I think it's great. Practice makes permanent. That's what Dave was so brilliantly getting at last week when he's talking about self-control. He's saying it's all about the training. It's all about the training. Practice makes permanent. And uh, just the other week, I bumped into Paula in uh, Whitebird, our coffee shop. And uh, if you don't know Paula, she's a much-loved member of this family. And for me, she's been somebody who I've always looked up to as a sort of grandma in the faith, or mum, I don't know what I should say, but looked up to her. Her faith inspires me. And um, I tell this story with her permission, but, but lockdown has been flipping hard for Paula. It's been really, really hard because her husband, who she's cared for for 15 years, um, his Alzheimer's got so bad that he had to move into a care home because she was unable to look after him at home. And so because of COVID, uh, she was then not able to see him for three months. Can you imagine that? You've cared for somebody for 15 years, your husband for your life, suddenly you're unable to see She's isolated from from friends and family. And like some of you, technology has not come easy to her, although I'm trying to help you out with that, Paula. But in her own words, when I saw her in the cafe that day, she said, you caught me on a bad day. And I saw real pain. I saw her, her heartache. But you know what, through it all, it was just so inspiring because she said to me, you know what, though, Suze? You know what's carried me through? Jesus has carried me through. I've been reading the scriptures more than ever. And she said to me, isn't he good? Isn't he kind? Susie, isn't he so faithful? And she went on to say, this last six months has been the hardest six months in my life. And when you know Paula's story, that's, that's a statement. But yet in all of it, she's, she's been able to stand firm because she's been putting into practice the teachings of Jesus for many, many years. Practice has become permanent. She's invested in prayer, in letting her light shine. She's been committed to to loving those she's found hard. 
She's stored up her treasures in heaven. She's kept on keeping on, even in the hardest of days. Her foundations, they're not built on sand. They're built on rock, like a massive rock. And it's meant that in the biggest storm of her life, she has stood firm. Now, um, you know, nobody's situation will be the same as Paula's. We're all individual, of course. But the principle, guys, is the same. You know, whatever you're facing today, the simple advice works. Listen to the words of Jesus and stand firm on them. You know, it's not always easy. It doesn't mean you've always got a smile on a face. Sometimes it means holding on. Sometimes it means holding on through tears. Sometimes it's super, super hard. But I'm convinced of this. If we stand firm on Jesus, it is the firmest place to stand. It is the best way to live our lives. And we do it together, not just on our own, but as a family. And as I chatted with Paula over and over again, she kept saying to me, small group and WhatsApp has been a godsend. And, uh, you know, she's been supported as she's met in small group week after week after week. And uh, this Sermon on the Mount, you, you might not know, but it's not actually addressed to individuals. It's addressed to a community of people who follow Jesus. The phrase stand firm, every time Paul mentions it, it's in the context, it's plural, it's in the context of standing firm together. Because the Christian life, it isn't meant to happen in isolation. You know, Jesus knew that we need each other. We're called to stand firm together, to be there for each other, not just when life is good, but when life sucks as well. And so before I end, I want to ask this question. How can you encourage others to stand firm for those of you who are just thriving in life right now, and I know there's some of you, you've loved it, you're loving this season. Well, who could you serve? Who could you get alongside? Maybe if you've got a business and it's thriving, who could you reach out to? Maybe you could cook someone a meal or go on a walk or pray with somebody. For those of you with plenty, who could you be generous to? For those of you on the edge of this community who maybe look around and think, this doesn't feel like family to me. Or maybe you could reach out, maybe be bold and courageous and join a small group. Some of you maybe, maybe get, get plugged into the Alpha course. I don't know about you, but I so badly want to be a wise builder. I don't want to build my life on sand. I want to build it on rock. I want to stand firm as an individual, but also as part of this family. And my prayer is that you would too. So we're going to pray in just a moment. But before we do that, I'd love to read a few verses from Psalm 40. And some of you, it'll be hectic at home. Some of you, it's quiet. But why don't you, if you're able to, just close your eyes. Psalm 40 says this. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire, he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him.